Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I'm your host, Amy Williams, and I am so excited that you're here listening to the show today. My hope and my prayer is that you find the strength and the comfort in knowing whatever you may be facing in your life right now, that you are not alone. Here on the Amy Williams Show, I'm all about being transparent in my personal struggles, my successes, and I pray that each episode brings you the motivation to keep moving forward. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dear White People Part 2. I'm your host, Amy Williams, on the Amy Williams Show. So if you are listening and you're like, what, Part 2? That's right. This is a four-part mini-series. So if you have not listened to Part 1, please stop what you're doing and go back to Part 1. And then once you're done with that one, come back here. If you're listening, you're like, yes, I'm so excited for Part 2. Here it is. Hope you enjoy and hope we can keep you hanging on for three and four and you know the deal share 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 a proper motivation for us to have that i want to make sure that i you know illustrate and manifest in my life is that i want to build bridges Mm -hmm. i want to build community i want us to establish friendships and engagements that says you know what you are different than me and i'm different than you and perhaps you have a different perspective or experience than i do but when i dignify your humanity and you dignify mine that we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a um, scripture, I believe, in Isaiah that says, come, let us reason together. And mm-hmm. so it's like, let's reason together. Mm-hmm. Let's engage in a conversation and let's sit there and say, OK, how do we how do we navigate this in, in, a, in a meaningful way? And so, you know, we throw the word racism around too often. Mm-hmm. You know, racism in terms of clinical definition is is prejudice plus power. And so that means that. Um, if, if I have access and I utilize that access in a way that minimizes um, other people, then that is racist. I almost wish that we could have like a degree, you know what I'm saying? Like we have first degree murder, second degree murder, manslaughter, different things. I wish we had that when it comes to the conversation mm-hmm. racism, because everything that's racial is not racist. Right. And so something can be racially insensitive. It doesn't mean I'm a racist. Um, I, I can get something wrong or I can be unaware um, and I can share how that lack of awareness doesn't make me a racist. It might make me ignorant, it might make me lack uh, not aware, but it doesn't make me a, a bad person. And I, I think if we begin the conversation of trying to build bridges, we begin the conversation in terms of building community. And I'm not trying to demonize you. Um, I'm not trying to minimize you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad or say that you are bad. But I am. um believing in your heroic opportunity as an individual on this planet, just like I hope that you believe in mine. And so when I, when we begin from a positive framing, um, I believe it changed the energy of our conversation. So, yo, you want to rock hoop earrings, you know, do, do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? And so earrings with cowboy boots, there you go with cowboy boots. There you go. What a, (laughs) what a combination. And so, um, I think that it's important for us to um, see ourselves with a positive expectation. I love the the building bridges. I think it's it's so easy, especially again, social media, to just yell at each other and say, "Oh, you're racist," or "You're this," or "Oh, you're this." And and if we just thought about it for a second before typing, 
and and thought, hey, how can I help this person? Because some of it, it might come off if you're reading it as racist, but it could just be a lack, a lack of knowledge. It could just be, I don't know what I'm talking about, but here I am typing anyway. Um, but I think, see, one of the, one of the, I think one of the biggest challenges with, with social media is that you get text without context. Right. And so you don't get tone. So like right now, we're having this discussion about cultural appropriation. We're talking about privilege and no one is shouting at each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you or I put something on the Internet and we're not careful about context, we're not we're not careful about tone. Um, people read into that their own stuff. They bring their own stuff to the table because mm-hmm. so much of communication is um, is body language, it's tone, it's how we, we look at each other, mm-hmm. um, it's it's how we interact, the, the, the feeling that we have. And so um, I really, um, you know, I, I used to get into a lot of conversations, um, dare I even say debates on social media when it comes to this stuff. And so um, I have, for the most part, uh, retired from that. Um, and I've retired from it because so many times nobody learns anything. Everybody just gets louder. Mm-hmm. And and so um, there are things that I've written and there's things that I will continue to write that I put out there and people can respond to it. But I don't really, once I say what I say in the context in which I intend to say it, I just leave it alone. Because there's just nothing. There, generally, it goes in a rabbit hole of ridiculousness. We've all seen the, like the, you know, the 200 comment, you know, post and people are going, I, I have a friend of mine that posted something. I'm not going to say his name or what he said. And it was really cool and it was really life giving and it was an attempt to bridge build. And this is like three or so weeks ago and people are still commenting on this thing. I think it's up to two or 300 comments. And people just arguing and shouting each other and insulting people. And here's the other thing what's crazy about social media is that I can insult you from my house in a way that I wouldn't to your face. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to say something crazy about you. I might impugn your care in character or whatever, but I wouldn't say that to you if you're sitting right here. Mm-mm. And so I have, if somebody says something to me crazy on social media, I generally will reach out to that individual private message because you put it in a public forum folks start getting their ego walls you know start up and now i gotta let you know and all that so I, i'll send private messages there have been times where i've sent out messages to people and we've had one-on-ones and we've talked about stuff and say listen think about this and we've learned and we've grown there was an individual um, a friend of mine who had said some pretty crazy stuff on social media but because i know this individual i didn't go down the road of them saying they're bad. I said, this is a good person. So we got to sit there and figure this out. Right. And, um, and there's this term that I came up with recently that says um, to, in, to do your best to judge people on the loaf and not the slice. Mm. So the loaf of bread, not Love the it. slice of bread. bread yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And so we can all have a bad slice or a mm. bad day. But can you, you know, judge by like my that, that one piece of mold that you can pick out, you uh-huh. know, it gets bad. Yeah. But the, the rest of it's still fine. Yeah. So social media in this space can be yeah. a it can be a um a, it can be a, a a danger zone. It can be, and you can find some stuff that you're like, 
mind blown yeah. that I did not know that was happening. And I think you were victim to my findings yeah. last week. I was like, what did I just find? What yeah. did I stumble across? Because yes. now I'm real confused. Yeah. And that was... I joined, I joined some groups just to gain more knowledge. My... Um, for raising mixed kids, I I want to do it right. Yeah. And I think just parenting in general, regardless yeah. of their race, I want to do it right. Yeah. So I'm in parenting and mom groups and, you know, my my Facebook's all about being a mom. But yeah. um, I'm also in some wife groups too. But um, I joined it because I was like, I want to see what other mixed race people are going through yeah. so that I can prepare myself for what my kids are going to go through as best I can. Yeah. Uh, I know that as a white woman, I'm never going to know fully what they're going to go through. I know that. Um, and my husband is not going to know either because he's not half white. I'm not half black. Like yeah. it's as much as they're half they're We've talked about that too. Yeah. They're more, they will be seen more as black yeah. than as white, which fine with me. Um, I just want to do the right thing. And so when I when I stumbled across this article, I was like, who had the time to sit and write this? It was all about who's a fake ally. Yeah. And I was like, man, I feel like I fit like four of those categories. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm not a fake ally. Why yeah. would like somebody sit there and oh I was I, I feel like I was hurt and it was like, okay, well then what's a real ally? How do I become a real ally? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot of voices, man. And I, I just think that um, it's important for us to find people that can walk with us on the journey mm-hmm. that we tr- that are trusted voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that means in real, you know, real time, real life, people that we hang out with or have conversation with. And I think it's also true in terms of the voices that we see, whether it be books or on, you know, online or whatever. It's like, OK, um, it isn't necessarily a bad thing for me to be exposed to different voices in this conversation, but not every voice, you know, um, it, this is a choir. This is not, um, this, there's no soloists. There's just a choir here. Mm-hmm. And so there's some people where, Hey, the, their conviction or their calling or their role in it is one thing for other people. It's another thing. Like, for example, my contribution is to try to be a, a bridge builder. So my, my thing in the company that I um, that I founded, as well as the church that I, I founded with a uh, a great great friend um, of mine, and uh, really not just sister in the faith, we've been friends long enough that um, you know we're we're kind of family now. But you know um, y- we do that um, from a position that my uh, my role is to try to bring healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to try to bring awareness, to br- try to bring hope, um, where other people maybe their their calling is different, and and so uh, what I do my best in this conversation is understand that we live in a both end world. You know, two things, multiple things can be true at the same time, and so just because my calling, your calling, isn't mine, doesn't mean I necessarily have to disparage yours. Mm-hmm. And, and and so. You know, you brought up the whole thing about, you know, um, biracial or mixed race children. You know, um, as you said, well, you know, in our in America, if you're brown, you know, you're brown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you um, are um, 
you know, you have Caucasian heritage. If you look black, you are black. You know, there's mm-hmm. a um, thing called the one drop rule. I was just going to say the one drop. But uh-huh. doesn't that apply to me technically too? Uh-huh. And explain what you mean by that. I don't know. I read somewhere that because I've had mixed kids that I'm tainted. Oh, well. Is well, that a di- that's okay. different than the one oh, drop no, rule? No, no, no. That's different one drop rule. But I, I here we are. That's a, well, This is a group. Okay, so pause that. Okay, yeah. Explain the one drop rule yeah. for okay. our listeners. And then yes. we'll go back to it. Okay, so one drop rule basically <laughs> means if you had one drop of non-white blood, you were black. So if you were, you know, let's just say for conversation's sake, you were 99% white, but you're 1% black, then you're black. So the one drop rule meant that if you were uh, contaminated, so to speak, um, then you were one of them. Okay. And and so um, we don't have the option. Sometimes people say, well, you know, why doesn't that person just choose their white side? Well, the reality is that option isn't available to them. If you look black, you are black. Mm -hmm. If you look, uh, you know, like you from, you know, you're Mexican or you're Hispanic or you're you're Latin or Latino, Latina, Latinx, then you are that Mm because that's how we judge things in this racial hierarchy that we have or caste system in America. Um, But in terms of your contamination, uh, so there are some that would say as a, uh, as a white woman, because mm-hmm. you had um, children with a non-white man, then you are, uh, you you know, you are in another category. Mm-hmm. And there, historically, there was some um, real ugly language that was connected to to that. Um, you know, I, I don't know what we can say here on the you podcast. Say whatever you want. Um, but they would say, you know, I would just they were you were an in lover. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that's who you are, and so I've heard it. yeah, you and and so as um, a person who um, you know uh, is married to a black man, then you are you know you have been downgraded, and so the people that believe that um, believe in um, their white supremacy, and so um, white supremacy is an ideology. It's a thinking process that says if you're white, you're better, you're writer, you're wiser, you are the foundation or standard on which everything else is measured. So white supremacy um, or that thought process or ideology leads to all sorts of negative things. But it leads to the perspective that says that Amy, because she's got biracial children, is less than mm-hmm. as a result. And so um, I think what it does do um, to take it out of the kind of the racist um, white supremacist ideology, I think what it does do is I think it enlarges your lens mm-hmm. because maybe you see the world from a standpoint or a vantage point that maybe before, though you might have had in a compassion or empathy for, now you're living it on a day-to-day basis in a way that that um, is, is just different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, jungle fever or, oh, well, you're a N-word lover. Like, okay, call me that. I don't like yeah. it it at some point it doesn't hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it the first time, ouch, that hurt, but then I was like, fine, okay. Yeah. That's not yeah. that's not gonna change. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I think I've I've seen it, felt it, experienced it from from my standpoint and it's I, I don't know. It's it's easier for me, I feel like, to brush it off because I can still yeah. go to Meyer or go wherever grocery store and nobody knows that unless I'm with him. Mm-hmm. 
and they can look at me with my kids and they can just make guesses, but they don't know. Because I don't feel like they look completely mixed. They look like they, they're they in the other box. Yeah. They're yeah. not, they yeah. could be whatever. Uh-huh. And which I, it, to me, it doesn't matter. They're yeah. beautiful and yes. I love them. And so I don't care what color their skin is, which brings me to that point. Um, I think that was one of the hardest things about being pregnant was a lot of my extended family, friends, and I know they met well, but they would, they would always ask, what color do you think they're going to turn out to be? Do you think they're going to look more like Shannon or more like you? Do you think they're going to have curly hair? What if they have black hair? What are you going to be able to do with it? And I'm like, oh, I'll do it. Like it just, those questions, like I know the, the meaning or their intention behind it was innocent and just like, a curiosity like do you think they're going to turn out darker or lighter or this and especially once I had a second one do you think they're going to have the same color as Amara or do you think and then the third one comes and the first two are the exact same hair color eye color skin color they're the exact same and then the third one comes and they're like do you think they're gonna I'm like well the other two look like that so why wouldn't the third one I don't know I mean it's not yeah. up to me yeah you're not a good, yeah <laughs> he, well, it was a, you know scientist <laughs> Genetic scientist or whatever. I didn't pick the DNA. Yeah. I didn't. It just it is what it is. So I just I know their intention was well, but it was so hard because I'm like, you don't ever ask anybody else those questions. Yeah. yeah. You know, are they going to have blue eyes or brown? Because you're blue and you're brown. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. yeah. Because you're going to love your baby. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, I just think it's it, it's all connected to the racial, you know, our history. You know, it's mm-hmm. what we've been born into that we. We live in segregated worlds. We go to segregated churches. We go to, you know, we go to segregated schools. And so, you know, here we are in 2020 and we still live in a segregated world, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to America in particular. And so that thought process or those questions that you got are connected to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think sometimes when people, you know, ask me questions that are kind of like, whoa, this is interesting. A lot of times I'll ask, answer the question with a question and I'll say, well, why would you ask that? Hmm. Or, hmm, that hasn't been my experience. How is it? Tell me about yours. And so what it does, it forces the person that asks a question from a position of, you know, maybe not having an awareness or maybe even racial bias or dare I even say racism, it puts the mirror Mm -hmm back on them because what what happens is if we don't do that we're always scrambling like um let me, what's a good answer and sometimes i'm like i don't have a good answer yeah. but why are you why are you asking that <laughs> yeah i like i like that response i'm gonna use it next time maybe i'll just hold up a mirror yeah just here you, there you ask go. Yourself. or you just say or you like you can, <laughs> ha- you can just hand them a card and just go you know somebody says hey you know the card says why are you asking that question yeah All right, that is where we're cutting it at part two. I hope this conversation is uh, helping you understand a few things and that you're able to maybe have a discussion with um, some other people that have listened as well. Um, Part two is done, so head on over and check out part three. Thank you so much for listening to The Amy Williams Show. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If that is a yes, please let me know. Find The Amy Williams Show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or all three of them. 
It's a great place to reach out and be a part of an uplifting community. It's full of support, motivation, and encouragement for whatever you might be going through. You'll meet new friends, get great content throughout the week, and not just on Wednesdays. The biggest compliment that you can give to The Amy Williams Show is by subscribing, either on iTunes if you're an iPhone user, or using the Stitcher app uh, if you're an Android user, like me. And uh, the other thing you can do is leave a review with your biggest takeaway. Reviews help get guests on the show and sponsors as well. So uh, that's very much appreciated. And also you can share the episodes uh, on your social media because that helps as well. All right. Thanks again. Go out and have a blessed day.